The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the January 10th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to break down some recent injuries, some injuries on players who may be coming back soon, and a lot of other takeaways and pickups from the last couple days. With me to do so is Jonas Nader. What's up, man? What's up, man? Sounds like you have the Joel Embiid flu. I do. I've had this, like, (laughs) nagging cold for about a week. If you may have noticed, my Twitter activity has been down. I've just been, like, laying in bed trying to get it better, but, uh... Still been able to follow the game and everything, just not tweeting as much, but uh, it's all yeah, good. I mean, We've had a really eventful week, a lot going on. I've been missing those BAM stats from your Twitter, man. <laughs> I was like, is Michael K? Yeah, even uh, Charles Barkley's having more more BAM content than I am right now. He was talking about BAM last night. But uh, nice. yeah, BAM, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but uh, let's just hop into this. we got a whole lot to get to. With um, We had some Raptors news that just came out just before we hopped on here. We'll talk about that. But I do want to leave with really the main story of the week, and that's Joel Embiid getting finger surgery. We don't know the details yet as far as how long. We know it's going to be at least one to two weeks. We know hand injuries can really vary. Usually you hear the four to six week timetable, but obviously Steph Curry's was a little bit different. His was a little bit more severe. Uh, and some guys play through finger dislocation, so it's really up in the air. We don't really know what's going to happen here. Um, but short term, I guess with Embiid, there's really nothing you could say. Just sit it out. Don't really trade him unless you can get fair value like, there's nothing really to analyze there. Um, yeah. But and I think on the plus side, too, this could maybe help him heal. He's kind of said he wasn't really feeling right. He didn't even look right. That Rockets game when he gave up 30 to Capella, I thought it was like he didn't really look right defensively. So, you know, maybe it's kind of a blessing in disguise to kind of get him rested and maybe get him right before the break. So I don't think it's like the end of the world for Embiid owners. But anything you had on just the Embiid side of this? No, I actually had that same angle. I was going to say, like, three weeks ago, he showed up to the practice court with a left knee brace, and we're all like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Like, please, no. This could be a great chance for him to get just get some legit load management here for the next, I would say, three weeks until yeah. he plays again. All-star break, I think, right. is probably what you're shooting for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then after that, I mean, this is a guy who, said, before the season, he said he wanted to play 70-plus games. Like, that's yeah, not happening nah. now. But, like, I think he's going to play, and I think he's just going to sit out back-to-bats the rest of the way, and that's not going to be too big of a deal. So... I don't know. If you wanted to buy low, maybe send out an offer in like a week. But I, I really don't trust him though in the fantasy player. Yeah, I don't either. And he's right. even said he's even said multiple I say this all the time, like that he wants to make sure he's healthy for the playoffs. He said he wasn't healthy last year, so that's priority yeah. number one, two, and three really. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's kinda of weird. So the pickup side of this is not a lot. Like if you're in a shallower league, you're really not adding anyone. But like really the winners are gonna be Tobias and Al Horford. Al Horford's been horrible. So actually uh, with Ben on the floor, without Embiid, he scores about 17 per 36 versus 7 uh, with all three of those guys on the floor. Uh, better uh, across-the-board stats. So Horford's going to be a big winner. Uh, Tobias Harris scores 25 points per 36 with Ben without Embiid, so he's going to be a big winner. We saw Josh Richardson go off yesterday, uh, so he's going to be a big winner. I think that's really the big takeaway. And then if, as far as pickups go, 
I'm looking at Matisse Thibault just because, kind of like with the whole Dante DiVincenzo thing we talked about back when Middleton went down, just give me better per minute production, and that's going to be from Thibault. Uh, steals and blocks, obviously. He played some big defensive plays. Didn't show up on the stat sheet yesterday, but they played with the lead. They closed with him, so I think that's probably the reason why they're going to get him more minutes. He did start a game back in November when Embiid missed against, I think I want to say the Blazers. But um, So I think keep an eye on Thibault, and after that, I don't really. I guess after that, maybe Norval Pell, who's yeah. on a two-way deal, has got I think five days left. You got to think it's going to be either they have to bring him back, but he played great yesterday, so it has to be either Neto or Jonah Bolden. Uh, I guess would probably be the two guys that we get cut to clear away for a regular roster spot for him, and then after that, it's pretty much a stream city with Mike Scott, James Ennis, and so Trey Burke, maybe even some matchups. But again, not out of whole big pickups besides Thibault for me. Yeah, what do we got to do to get? Hell, some minutes, man. 4.9 blocks for 36 minutes. He's like the new Robert Williams. Yeah, um, yeah. That'd be a lot of cool. That'd be really cool if he got some minutes, but I just don't see it happening. Only 13, and then Kyle Quinn was even a DMP CD. Yeah. Like, oh, come I think on. The, so. They play Saturday. I think the big plan is play Pell a bunch of minutes, and if he looks great, somebody's getting cut probably the next day because uh, it's it's such short order. But um, yeah. yeah, I expect so. If you're stream, want to stream somebody for Saturday. Uh, I definitely look at Pell if he wants some blocks. For uh, sure. Kind of Daniel Gafford-esque, to, uh, much like Robert Williams. If you missed that on Gafford, I would look at uh, Norville Pell. We'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit, too. Uh, are you with me on Thibault? Yeah, I'm definitely. A okay. 2.8 steals and 1.4 blocks per 36. And if you yeah. look back at like the beginning of the year, in like 25 minutes, he was crushing. He had like three steals, two blocks in one game. And even in the games, like whatever he brings to points, rebounds, and assists is just pure profit because yeah. the steals and blocks alone just give him value. So... Sure, pick up Tyball. If he gets 25 minutes, I think he's a standard league guy for sure. Yeah, and I, th- I think that the Sixers are going to be good too. So if they're trailing, they're going to apply a close with Scott. But they have you know, they have some kind of toughish games coming up in the next couple. Uh, at Dallas, at Indy, then the Nets, and then it gets real easy. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple games there. So, yeah, it's going to be real tough to kind of count on it, but I, I would definitely go with Tyball. All right, let's move on to... The Pistons, um, they had a game. It looked like they had this game in the bag. They were up about 13 with five-ish minutes left in the third and really fell apart uh, in the fourth quarter. But um, uh, Sacred Demboya got in a lot of foul trouble early. Kevin Love really took it to him. Tristan, uh, Tristan Thompson had a career high. First 30-point game. I think it's 598 games he had. And his first 30-point game. For a guy who plays 28 minutes a night, it's kind of crazy. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, so Sekou Demboya, I still think he's going to be pretty solid. Uh, and I know a lot of people are a little bit nervous about Christian Wood, who's been kind of a letdown, did play next to Drummond a little bit yesterday. So I'll hand it to you first. Uh, what do you do with Wood, Demboya, and then we'll talk about the back uh, backcourt a little bit. Yeah, so basically Wood needed one of two things to happen. He either needed Blake Griffin to get shut down or Andre Drummond to get traded. So the first door closed because Sekou Demboya emerged at the exact time Blake Griffin went down. They just went straight to Sekou. He been playing like 30 minutes a game. So Wood's path to power four minutes is kind of gone. And then yesterday, they played Don Maker for 20 minutes. That really hurts Wood's like yeah. short-term value. But we still think, like, how confident are you that Drummond's getting traded? I would probably put it at 60 70%. Yeah, that sounds about right. You're, you're usually way more bullish, but, I mean, this Pistons team is terrible. To lose that yeah. game the way they did yesterday, it feels... And even Dwayne Casey, I watched his presser yesterday. He just seemed a little bit demoralized about it. Really talked about the future. Talked about, like, um, them boy not being ready to take over the world and so on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's going to be fine. 
Yeah, so I'm holding what? I mean, you only have to hold them, like, it's January 10th. The deadline, yeah. I don't know if it changed this year, but last year I think it was February 14th or something like that. So literally, uh, can you hold on to Wood for a month? Sure you can. And if he does, all you got to do is just look like, look back to his eight games with the Pelicans last year when he was getting consistent minutes. Like, those are top 50 numbers. Yeah. Just hang on for one more month, and if Drummond's not traded, then sure, then you can maybe move on. But yeah. for now, I'm holding, holding Wood. And I think Seiko... I don't think he's like a must-own player, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be a lot of fun later in the season. Like he's still extremely raw. Like he's probably been blocked like ten times at the rim. Like he's still like figuring things out. But you love his shot selection. He takes mostly threes. He attacks the rim at will. Got good defensive numbers so far. So sure, I think he's like a mystery box upside player still that you kind of want like at the very end of your roster. But I don't think you can expect consistent pro- production at least for another month. And his G League stats were kind of left a lot to be desired. So 15 yeah. games in the G League, 17 points, five boards, 1.5 dimes, 0.8 steals, 0.5 blocks two threes so he's got some offensive game but the lack of defense is going to be a little bit concerning so mm-hmm. yeah um Dimboy, so would you rather own i think Demboya probably has more value just because it's perceived that way yeah. but honestly if i feel like i'm in first second third and feeling good about the playoffs i would definitely prefer to have wood on my roster just because i think like you said he has seriously top i said on a, a monday guest pod like he's kind of like he could be like the new rishon holmes yeah where like you know 28 minutes top three top Three round value kind of thing, so right. But uh, he's still twenty four, you know. And even um, after the Lakers game, he said they gave a glimpse to the future for what their front court could be. So uh, Casey, that is. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on there. Can we so, talk about one more piston real quick. Yeah, Bruce Brown. Oh yeah, I want to talk about the backcourt for sure. Go ahead. What a huge game! Seventeen oh my points, God. four yeah. rebounds, eight assists, four steals, two blocks. That's like the Delon Wright Memphis special. That's like a huge, huge yeah. stat line. Uh, it's been turning up a ton. I think he's like top 75 last two weeks, but man. Steals, like, dude. I, 1.8 yeah. steals in his last 10 games. It's huge. Yeah, like I looked up his pick and roll numbers. They were, they were shocking. There was like 15 percentile, but still like on this team, a, a team as bad as this, like they're going to let Bruce Brown like learn point guard on the fly. Like this is what they trained him for all summer league. Like yep. they're like, we were going to throw you to the wolves and now they're doing it. And sure, there's going to be some inconsistent lines. He shot under 30% in his previous two games, but man, the County stat upside is just real with this guy. So I love him as an ad. Yeah. And also uh, a reporter asked Dwayne Casey, why he didn't play Tim Frazier, which I thought, and he was like kind of turned off by it, but um, yeah, oh. he's like, yeah, who are we going to play him over? Cause he played Rose 36 minutes for Rose. That's a season high. Um, had a season high in the last game with 31 minutes. It's been starting the third quarter. Um, to take a little bit of pressure off him. But, yeah, Rose has actually been pretty solid for scoring and stuff, especially for DFS. He's been pretty good. But, Man, um, they're playing with fire, though, with Rose. Yeah. Like, at the beginning of the season, they're like, we're not letting you go over 28 minutes. And now he's at 28, 29, 31, and 36. He's gone up like, every game in the last five, here. yep. Yeah, so maybe this might be a showcase opportunity for them because, like, Rose, honestly, might be their second most tradable player behind Drummond right now. Yeah, I think so. He's playing pretty well. We, we're yeah. Rose haters around here, but uh, yeah. yeah, just because he can't stay healthy. But yeah, I'm with you on Brown. Uh, we'll see what happens with Luke Kennard. I think that may take a little bit of upside from uh, Brown, just a tad. I still think he's yeah. going to be pretty solid, but uh, Sfi Mikhailuk will definitely go away. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Drummond's just a monster. Yeah. Um, dude, and I don't really think that Drummond's value is going to alter much. Just Not at all. Think... It's going to go up. I mean, if you look at Detroit's playoff schedule, it's horrible. Like yeah. a, a trade actually helps Drummond. You're going to get another game or two out of him. So, well, even and just getting out of a, a team that's tanking is just right. risky business. 
Right, and, uh, and Drummond's value comes from rebounds, steals, yeah. blocks. You don't really worry about volume for him. Yeah. So, and I was surprised his uh, per thirty six with and without Blake this year is pretty similar. Last year it was stark difference. Yeah, but Blake's just assist. Blake's just not good this year. So, right. exactly. okay, so move. Anything else you want to add on Pistons? Kind of nope. covered it, but yeah. You're so good. bottom line, keep Christian Wood, roll with Demboya, maybe even trade Demboya. Yeah, um, if you can, he's got so much buzz on him. Uh, so mentioned it just a minute ago. The Raptors have a lot of guys coming back. It sounds like Norman Powell is going to be back Sunday, uh, and then they're off for two days, and they play Wednesday, and then a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. So it sounds like at least uh, Pascal Siakam, for one of those next four games I mentioned, should be back. Supposed to practice today. Only did kind of like a semi-activity thing Friday, just as we finished recording uh, as we're recording right now. But um, as far as these pickups go with um, Pat McCall, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, Terrence Davis had a huge game. Um, how do you feel about any of those guys? You uh, pretty pretty easy analysis for me. All those guys I mentioned. Uh, we'll talk about Boucher in a second, but the Rondé, Pat McCaws, um, those guys are just you just drop them after Sunday, pretty much. Yeah, the, their streams are pretty much over. I was really yeah. excited about the Terrence Davis game oh my God, the last time yeah. we saw. Like holy crap! But yeah, like Norman Powell's return kind of ruins him. Like we yeah. saw for some reason, Nurse plays uh, McCall over Davis, which doesn't make any sense, and that really bit him in the butt like, two games ago and yep. McCall threw a turnover in the last minute um, and Terrence Davis only had five minutes that game but yeah like we were really excited to add Davis and then we got the normal Powell the back to back I had I had the back to back ready to roll and stream him everywhere yep. and then I had to drop him to activate Kemba in a couple leagues actually yeah and then of course and he then- goes off the next game and then Boucher's viability is gone. Even with like 18 minutes a game in that last three weeks, he was still like top 80, which is just insane. Yeah. So it's it's too bad that we never really got the real breakout from him. But you never know. I mean, we got Ibaka and Marcus on expiring contracts. So you never know. Maybe they move him. Ujiri is not one to just sit on his hands right. and go for like the fourth or fifth seed. Like I think a big move might be coming in Toronto. We'll yeah, 30, 36 minutes of Siakam at the center spot too. So yeah. you know, yeah. if you got somebody you got your eye on to add and you got Boucher – uh, and you and I will will walk you off the ledge pretty much any time. But if you want to drop Boucher for somebody on the upswing, uh, definitely. it definitely makes some sense right now. Um, I mean, Siakam is going to be kind of managed, I guess. From a group. He'll probably be. He's obviously a, a baller, but you expected him to be. You know, pay probably two more weeks before he's kind of humming. I would like say so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this might be actually a good time to sell high on Siakam, would it not? Like you. Have injuries are a risky business. Plus. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Exactly. A second round value guy who has basically had an ADP in the third round, like you can probably get a top twenty five player for him, and you don't have to worry about load management with someone else too. So the Raptors are going to play it safe, man. We've seen it with all their players. Fred VanVleet, they're like not even putting in a timetable. Like, all right, take your time. Yep, we'll yep. see you in four weeks, basically. So we'll we'll see. So like, would you I'm add Norm, would you add Norman Powell though? I actually would just yeah. because there's not much going on, and Powell was so good even when Lowry came back, and like, oh, he was so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm adding him right now. Uh, you're probably going to expect like 18 points, three threes, maybe a steal. Like, yeah. sure, I would definitely add him right now. Yeah, without Van Vliet in the mix, and it sounds like he's going to miss at least a week here. So, yeah, definitely add him. But I wouldn't feel too comfortable. Like, if I would, I'd rather have Christian Wood over him. I'm sure you probably agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think once once they get fully healthy, I don't really think Powell can hold value. Yeah. Um, you know, great value, like top 75 value. So. I agree with that. Okay, cool. So let's talk some Victor Oladipo. We got a kind of a Somewhat firm return date here, January 29th. Um, what are your expectations on him? I'll just set you up here. So two years ago, he was number 10 overall, and then he fell yeah. at a 53rd, uh, primarily because missing shots 
and dipping in the steals from league leading 2.4 per game to uh, one point something. I forget. I don't have it in front of me. But um, it's still one point seven. One point seven. Yeah. So yeah. what do you um, what what are your expectations expectations for Old Depot if you've been stashing him? I'm gonna throw some water on it. I don't think he's gonna be that good to be honest. Like this is a serious serious injury. Yeah. Like players that rely on athleticism coming off these kind of injuries take at least a year. Like. I'm expecting 14 points, four rebounds, four assists, and maybe a steal. And I think he's going to be load managed a ton. Like this team runs through Sabonis and Brogdon right now. They're having so much success with that. I just don't see them pushing Al Depot. And I'm honestly, I'd be surprised if he posted top 100 per game value. Yeah, I was thinking like when he's peaking. So if you're talking about when he comes back mm-hmm. to the season, I think I'm with you right there. Probably like top 100. But after the break, I talked with Jared about this. We're both like top 75. Sure, yeah. After the break, so per game, that is. Right, so, it's going to take a, a good month yeah. to get him up there. So, yeah, like that's probably around, let's see, yeah, that's about fancy playoff time. So, yep. I mean, you probably don't feel like 100% confident in him at that point. But, yeah, yeah I think there is top 75 upside there. And some other digging I did uh, on, I wrote about this in the column yesterday. His drives fell last year, and what really fell off was his percentage, field goal percentage on drives dropped 10% a mm. uh, field goal percentage. So that, just missing threes. Uh, and also, too, his three-point percentage had gone up every single season up until last year when it fell off. Yeah. So, And he was kind of hurt last year with that knee thing. And I remember, I, I never forget, I was like saying, like, Buddy Heald for Old Depot was fair. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it turned out, like, he got hurt, like, two days later. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm with you. Like, if you've been stashing him, and I said this in the column, if you've been stashing him, I'd honestly try to trade him. Because somebody, somebody yeah. may be like, oh, yeah, I need a little bit of boost. Maybe Oladipo could put me over the top. Uh, the Pacers do have a great playoff schedule, so factor that into it, But if depending on your league. But, um, yeah, I'm not counting on him too much. A lot of people have been stashing him since day one. That's you, you gotta, You're asking for a lot, especially if you only have one IR spot. Yeah, like before that quad injury, he was battling knee soreness yep. for a good month and a half, too, and he really struggled because of it. So, yeah, I, the Pacers are going to slow play this as much as possible, like, I'm and look like what I said. This team runs through Sabonis and Brogdon right now, and they're having so much success. So, yeah, top yeah. seventy-five during the fans playoffs is your expectation, basically. Brogdon top ten in touch time, Sabonis number yeah. one in elbow touches per game. So definitely on the same Ooh. page there. Uh, okay, let's talk some Carl Anthony Towns. Um, we're going on what I think they, they he G- missed the game first 12. game, twelve questionable tags in a row in a row. And he's not yeah. even really doing anything. This this is so much like Robert Covington last year. With doubtful yeah. tag after doubtful tag after doubtful tag. Now they're doing questionable tag. He's basically like practicing behind a curtain. Sometimes you see the media guys shout out to Dane Moore. Um, you know, sh- showing him shooting shots. They called him a game time decision on Wednesday. Or sorry, uh, yeah, Wednesday. No, yeah, I'm sorry, Thursday. Wasn't yeah. a game time decision. Get Got ruled out 100 minutes before the game started. Yeah. I mean, besides the obvious part of keeping Jang on your roster, what do you do with Cat? Um, is this a trade thing? Do you have any conspiracy theories going on? Can I just cry? <laughs> yeah, I took I took Cat number one in so many leagues because he is he was before this season the most reliable player from day to day basis, and now he's just burning me in a few leagues. Yeah, but we're looking at twelve games here. He's probably going to be questionable for the next one. Um, there's been no updates on his health. The only update we've got is he'll be back soon. He's day to day. He's progressing. He's doing a little bit more in practice yet. No one has seen him in practice. Nope. And it's just, 
Now we're hearing trade. I think it was Ethan Strauss uh, from the Athletic reported that the Warriors are already putting a package together for him. Like, there's whispers of him being unhappy, and that that's been denied by the was reporter John. I don't know how to say his last name for the Athletic. John K. from the Athletic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, he he refuted that report, but we'll see. Like, the the trade rumors don't really phase me because Cat's under contract for five more years. Like. Yeah. If the Wolves don't want to trade him, they don't want to trade him. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, th- the question is, what's going on here? Is he is, is he really as unhealthy as they're saying now? Because he had 38 points to game before he went yeah. down. So but, I dug into it. No. So if you remember, the one injury he had last year, and it was – it's kind of hard to, to really piece that together since it was really just the only injury he had, excluding the car accident. So, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just so odd. But big man in knee injuries is as much of a tank cat is. I would still, yeah. I would still, I would, if we were drafting today, we're like eighth. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe back of the first round. Yeah, and he's still so good, so. Like, I would if take, asking, I would take Jokic over. If you ask me right now if I want Jaron Jackson, Bam Adebayo over Cat, I'd say yeah. Yeah, depending on the situation, but yeah, I think that's pretty I don't that's trust what's going at. on right, right now, like, yeah. that's some very shady stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be. I, I still think he, he ha, like, as long as you picked up Jang, I, yeah. again, in the league we're in together, the auction, I have Jang, and I'm, I've had, like, t- losing Drew and, like, others do is I'm getting hurt right now. But Jang's yeah. been fine. Jang's been great. Jang's been, like, early roundish. So yeah. as long as you did that, just kind of ride Jang and you're okay. If you don't have Jang, and I, actually, I have Jang in a bunch, uh, in deep leagues, too, and I'm trying to figure out if I should trade him to the cat owner and get, like, good value for it. Yeah, Jang's been but, top thirty, man, since yeah. the injury. So yeah, so just keep him rolling. Um, and there's really nothing else I could. Uh, I guess we'll tie in Jared Culver. I know you're a big Culver guy. Uh, he's yeah. played really well. Fifty two percent of his shots have been at the rim in the last three games. He had the big twenty four point career high game. Um, expectations on him going forward. Um, will the percentages stabilize? That's the <laughs> question. If you just throw the percentages out the window, we're looking at early round numbers. Look. 1.9 steals and 1.3 blocks over the last two weeks. He's returning eighth-round value despite shooting 44% from the field and 47% from the line. If he just comes to league average and field goal percentage and free throw percentage, we're talking earlier on numbers. So, of course, this is without Cat out, and then Wiggins missed about, I think it was three or four games to flu. But, man, he's finally turning it up. The defensive stats have always been there, and it's now it's just a matter of do the field goal percentage and free throw percentage stabilize. Hopefully, man, hopefully, because there's so much upside there. And he was yesterday. He was like almost foolishly aggressive at attacking, um, mm-hmm. like against like clogged paints with Whiteside down there. He had a couple bad shots that were just smothered. Yeah, but, um, you love to see it though. You like to see the aggression. You want to see him eliminate jump shooting uh, and just attack the basket. And for some reason, he shot like what seventy one percent from the line last year. It's so weird yeah. that he can't hit like fifty percent. But um, I think you're more bullish on him than I am, just because rookies are going to go through some walls. So I, if I had him. I would even look to try to trade him just because I, I think that this hot stretch is going to be tough to sustain. And then Cat coming back eventually, we would think, would also uh, kind of cut into him. But, yeah, if they do trade Cat, then I would feel much better about it. But I, I still, yeah. like you said, Cat getting traded would be a pretty bold move. Um, yeah. Like, whether... we only see, like, teams like the Suns maybe offering, like, eight in the pick and more uh, more players. But I yeah. still think it's unlikely. Like, it's more likely that Robert Covington and Jeff Teague are, are moved. That would just yep. make Culver even more appealing, too. That's just puts the ball in his hands. That's when he – like, Culver's numbers with the ball in his hands are so much better than when he plays off the ball. It's pretty insane. So, yeah. I'm pretty bullish. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
but yeah, but, that's, yeah, there's a, definitely a lot of ways to get him going. Uh, any other? I think Napier's kind of cooled off. I still think he's an okay like end of the bench guy, but yeah. you obviously can move on from him if you want. The Wolves are going to bring in a point guard. I know they are. Like they're not going to ride with Napier for the rest of the season. There's just no way. There. What about Culver, man? Point guard Culver. They might. Yeah. And even Wiggins, Wiggins, point guard Wiggins too. At eight assists last night. Pretty good. You know who I'm kind of eyeing in a deep league. Minutes are everywhere, but Kata Bates Diop, man. Yeah. He might be a lot of fun. Like saw the last some center minutes last night. Yeah. Like Josh Okoji finally played well for the first yeah. game, but Kata Bates Diop might be the guy that kind of breaks through in Minnesota late in the season. Yeah. Pretty well rounded we'll guy, see. too. So I'd like him. And yeah. we should add, they're playing better now, man. They're only uh, one and a half out of the eight spot. I think they've Dude, won. Every, every team in the West is one and a half games out of the eight Yeah, spot. it's true. It's, someone's yeah. going to get hot. Um, but yeah, there's the Memphis is playing really well. Mm-hmm. The Pelicans are playing pretty well. We'll get to them in a second. Okay, let's move on to the Wizards. Uh, Bradley Beal, kind of cat-esque. Uh, so to give the timeline here, he had leg soreness two weekends ago, and then he had he got hit by Jonathan Isaac right before Isaac got hurt in the same spot, and he's been out since. That was last Wednesday. Yeah. And Scott Brooks, and I was kind of reading between the lines, and I was tweeting it out, and people were like, what the heck are you even saying? And it was hard for me to like really put it into words, but you can just kind of sense that Scott Brooks was hinting that Beal is going to miss some time. Yeah. So I don't really know how I feel about this. He's been getting ruled out kind of before pregame. And it's it's like it's just leg soreness from just getting hit in the leg, like a calf contusion kind of a thing. It's kind of odd. Um, so what do you make of this and obviously all these pickups that have emerged here? Man, they're setting him up for a shutdown. I'm yeah. telling you, they're they're laying the groundwork right now. They're gonna they're gonna shut him down. This is six of the last seven games he's missed. He's questionable for the next one, but he's been questionable for every game basically. Yeah. So that that's basically a non update there. Uh, this is the same leg ruined the first three years of his career. The right uh, lower leg stress fracture slash stress reactions like. But that's, that's different though. Flag. I don't think it's, I don't think those two things are necessarily but, related. Has he had an MRI yet? Have you heard anything about uh, an uh, MRI? No. Nah. Like that could be coming soon, though, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it's it's pretty like, shady. Maybe but it's he was, very like, shady. so I saw him when he was getting like he was working on his leg, and it was like on the muscle of his calf. So I don't know where he broke his or had his stress reaction in his fibula, and it's not a weight bearing yeah. bone anyways. It's like thirteen percent weight bearing or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not like as red alert panicking as you are, but um, I'm definitely concerned for sure. I mean, these the Wizards are. They've been playing great, just as a side note, but um, they're obviously yeah. tanking it up. Well, you're a football guy, and didn't the Wizards hire someone from the Cleveland Sashi Browns? Sasha Brown, was, yeah, man. Uh, so, like, well known like for the tanking. ultimate tanker? Yeah. Well, he's so. not quite, like, totally in on the basketball operations side of things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a puzzling hire for a guy who was notorious. He was basically the hinky of football. Yeah. He was just stockpiling picks. So, that's but, the angle I was looking yeah, at, Yeah, so, I'd be, I'm definitely nervous. Like, I'm yeah. pretty – him and – who, who are you more nervous about, Cat or Beal? I would say Beal. I'm, like, very similar. Okay. But Cat's the better player, so I think Cat has more value. Yeah, exactly. So. I think the the question with Cat, if he was a game-time call for the last game, like, if he doesn't return for the next one, I think that's when alarm bells sound. Yeah. What'd uh, you say? Well, for, for Beal, next one? No, for Cat. Oh, Cat. No, I'd give him probably two more before I really start to worry. Okay. Because he got ruled, he was a game time. Got ruled out before game time. So if he was game time, doesn't play. It actually is a game time, right? Doesn't play, and then the next one he should play. I think that's kind of where I'm at. 
we just want some information. Man. Dude, we like complain that. about Kyrie Irving for the same reason. Like just four weeks of just nothing but quiet. Like can Cat just at least speak to the media and just tell him what's going on? Like Question that would make tag, us feel man. so much better. So annoying. Um, Thomas Bryant's been rehabbing with the G League team for two weeks. Obviously, you're stashing him. Any other takeaways there? No, the, the guy that I can't pronounce that's playing backup center for them is doing Pacific pretty well, actually. Yeah. He's yeah. doing pretty good. Had a pretty nice game last game, yeah. so you might get a weak value My out of him. got in foul trouble, but uh, a little bit of a fluky game, so I wouldn't totally lean on that one game. Right. Um, just quickly, I know Troy Brown's really popular. He's really tied to Beal. Yes. Um, his per 36 with, with Beal is 19, 8, and 3.5 assists, 2.4 freaking steals, 423-minute huh. sample, um, versus with Beal... Um, not, I don't have it in front of me, but it's not good. Uh, yeah. there we go. 10, 10 points and like nothing on yeah. poor shooting. So he's super tied to him, but yeah, keep rolling him out there. Um, Jordan McCray as well. 26 points per 36 next to Brown without Beal. So he's obviously tied to him. Definitely, definitely keep those guys rolling, uh, until Beal comes back. And after that, uh, I'm not too keen on, uh, I think Admiral Schofield's kind of streamable right now with the Garrison Matthews injury. Again, assuming yeah. Beal's out. That's kind of his, and obviously pick up Bertans. He should be back soon. Although he could, could get traded, so yeah. um, a guy I'd be willing to look to trade. So everyone wants to know, probably, what do you want to do with McCray going forward? Just hold him and ride. Yeah, him? Yeah, just hold him. I'm trying to trade him. Uh, David Legs, who we work with, we're in a deep league. Yeah, and I have McCray. I'm trying to trade him to. He has Beal. Yeah, but I'm. I'm, I'm want a little bit too much for him. I think that's fine. <laughs> man, I love McCray. Man, I always yeah. write. He never sees a shot he doesn't like. The dude just balls, man. I kind of yeah. like him. So. Getting more on-ball, high screens, playing more point guard S too, so I'm, I'm feeling that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to bad injury, another bad injury of the week. This one's probably the worst. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., look like he's out for two months, possibly season with a severe ankle sprain. Um, and we just found out here as we're recording, Daniel Gafford will start uh, over Thad. How, I added Gafford pretty much wherever I could. Uh, keep in mind, I don't play in shallow leagues. Um, yeah. Block rate's going to be huge. Uh, dunks galore, so high high field goal percentage. So I love adding Gafford right now. I think he sticks, too, because Laurie at center is laughable. Like, yeah. He can't guard anyone. So, yeah, I'm adding Gafford. Did you add him in our leagues? Because I need to do that real I'm quick. pretty <laughs> sure I did, yeah. In our, okay. Yeah, the auction in that Rudder World, yeah, I added him in that one. Yeah, I I added him in all my points leagues, too. It's nice. funny. He's got double-double upside. Uh, 4.1 blocks per 36. Uh, I think his, probably his workload is probably going to be around 25, 26, wouldn't yep. you say? Yep. Uh, no offensive game whatsoever, which means he's just going to feast with field goal percentage. He's probably like that Mitchell Robinson stat set where he's just yep. going to get all dunked, which is perfect for fantasy. Uh, so, yeah, I think Gafford you have to add right now. Yeah. Uh, even, over Wood? Even with the hurricanes. Um. Honestly, I would take Gafford over Wood right now because you have another – like, if you're quick on the trigger, you have another month to add Wood, yeah, right? Because yeah. basically banking on an Andre Drummond trade. If you're quick on the trigger and you could add Wood when Drummond trade goes down, sure, add Gafford right now. Yep. Uh, I, I think they – they play four next week too, I think? So that would be big. Well, it doesn't matter. He's, he's good for – it is good for, like, the season here. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's a big takeaway. Uh, I think it was 178 minutes of a Lori Marketing uh, Thad front court. Um, but obviously they're going the the matchup's a big factor here I think so I don't think he's going to start every game they're playing the Pacers so you want a big yeah. front court for that one but still as long as Gafford gets to 22 23 minutes I think you're looking at 1.7 blocks on bang and field goal percentage 
Um, yeah. Decent rebounding, too. Another summer league stud, too. So, yeah. um, super valuable second-round player. Looks like he's really good. I'm also uh, the guy that trades everyone, too. And Thaddy Shung's already been unhappy with his role. Now, he has a valuable contract. I think yeah. he's owed, like, 12 May next year. Clippers have already been linked to him. So, I think the Thaddy Shung trade could maybe open the door for him to play, like, 30 minutes. That's yeah. Gaffer, by the way. Auto Porter sh- shut down or what? Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? Yep, for you reals. Uh, and, yeah, they do get four games next week. And then four games yeah. a week after that, too. So nice. valuable stuff. Uh, okay, moving on. If you got a jam, let me know. Um, Rashawn Holmes, man. Uh, bad news here. He is, um, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, but hurt that shoulder. And then Marvin Bagley had said yesterday that he's going to wake up today, Friday, seeing how he feels. He's questionable. So it sounds like he's getting pretty close. He said he's been going on the treadmill, doing stuff on a bike, going um, in the pool. He's been trying to keep his conditioning up uh, from a foot injury. So... Um, what do you make of this whole front court thing? Uh, obviously, the easy part is just sit on Holmes, who's been incredible. But what do you make of um, Bagley coming back probably sooner than Holmes? Um, I would try to move Bagley right now. After his okay, if he plays tonight, I would move Bagley right after the game because there's no way they're going back to Bagley over when, when Holmes is active. There's no way they start Bagley over Holmes. There's just no way. You don't think they'll play next to each other? Um, maybe for stretches, but yeah. uh. I don't know. With the way the Kings play, it just doesn't really fit well. Yeah, I picked. Um, a, I got uh, Bagley was dropped in one of my leagues, and I put a. I'm in first place, and I put a big bid on him. Wow. Um. Yeah, with no IR spot. So. Right. But um. Yeah. I'm. I I don't have high hopes at all. Like I said, I'm not a Bagley guy. Uh, especially like you said, Rashawn Holmes really bursting onto the scene uh, is really going to put um a cap is upside as far as playing time goes because yeah. he has to he's been their their arguably their best player yeah. Aaron Fox included uh um, especially with Buddy Heald not playing well yeah uh, that's not even a hot take like he's been their best player but he has. um yeah but for fantasy that's a no-brainer but uh um, yeah yeah so I'm I'm with that I think that's probably good news for Trevor Ariza who played well in the last game uh B Lee took it still have some value but when Holmes and Bagley are back those guys are going to go away exactly but, um, we need we need an update on Holmes here man this is brutal well, the interview with James Ham, he said he's a quick healer, and then he expects to be back soon. Yeah, and I've heard that before. And it wasn't a serious injury. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, the Kings are off for three days after tonight's game, yeah. so I we could see Holmes back on January 13th. And if you're confident in that, too, maybe send the buy-low offer. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Seriously, because Holmes is still undervalued to a lot of people, man. It's insane. I don't, like, I like three, four weeks ago, this stopped since, but I remember three or four weeks ago, people were like, oh, do I drop Holmes for this guy? Like... What are you talking about? He's been like top tw- at the time he was like top twenty or something, and now he's, he's still like top eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so not too much to talk about there. Let's talk some Pelicans. Drew Holiday's got swelling in his elbow. Super nervous, uh, yeah. missing his third game tonight. Um, besides picking up Josh Hart, um, I'm streaming to kill Alexander Walker in a couple weeks for the back to back. Any other non-Drew takes before we talk about Drew? For uh, not really. Bonzo's think- been balling. Yeah, Lonzo's been awesome. Yeah, there's just not really much. I think Brandon Ingram's going to be fine. Yeah. Last update on him was he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's fine. But yeah, like right before Drew got down, the Pelicans had really turned things around. Seven and three in their last ten games. Like, they're three games out of the eighth seed. Like, all signs are pointing to a huge comeback for Drew just to, like, carry his value. And then the elbow thing happened. So that's uh, just, yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So, like, we've been talking about his, his stats next to Zion were insane in the preseason per 36. 28.2 points, 6.6 times, and three triples. Like... If Drew can just return in the next week and then get Zion back, like the Pelicans are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. And I've always, I've always been a Pelicans believer, uh, especially with Zion coming back. 
Yeah. Uh, and Derek Favors has been really key to their defense, too. So um, definitely with that, pretty much just hold on to Drew. Uh, and like we said, if, if he gets traded, he's one of the guys that doesn't need usage. So he'll still be valuable. Exactly. So it's still like him. Okay. Um, so Justice Winslow was back on Wednesday. He's out today. Setback. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I don't know. And I've talked about this before. I hate ownership percentages. Like, Justice Winslow is owned over so many other people, ownership percentages-wise, and people just run to add him all the time. I don't get it. I never really... I guess I do get it, but he's not that good, man. Just if you just cut him. I don't know what you're doing. Like, Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. was the first guy off the bench again, and even someone, I think Anthony Chang for the Herald had wrote, like, Winslow is Derek Jones Jr. insurance. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so I don't really see Winslow affecting Derek Jones Jr. or Tyler Hero or any of these dudes. Like it, it'll it'll cut like it'll hurt like Kelly Olynyk more than anybody else who's been DMPCD. Yeah. So, man, Jones Jr. is only owned in fifteen percent of leagues. He's top seventy five over his last three games. He's been playing thirty minutes for over a month now. Fourteen mm-hmm. points, five rebounds, and assist. One point three steals, one point three blocks over his last three. Like. Come on, people! His like, per minute, his purse, his purse stats are actually down. Yeah, but his minutes are up. I mean, I, I'll take that. You rather have a the minute, and the stats are going to be there too. Miami's yeah. offense is just beastly. So yeah, I'm so positive regression with the steal block rates from last year, yep. and boom. Yeah, he plays awesome next to Bam. Yeah, um, there was some talk. They talked a little bit about him starting for Jimmy. So again, multi- I love position flexibility, man. And this whole team is full of it. So yeah. he can play. You know, he'll play the three, but he'll play next to threes who play two, so they'll play the two. So he's, like, almost playing the two. You know, he plays a lot of four, so just so many past the minutes. Um, and obviously, they, they just love this guy. So For we sure. like him. Uh, Heroes, I guess, somewhat droppable in shallower leagues, but um, I, I still think I still think he's going to be okay. He's been so good in the clutch. 72 true shooting in the clutch this season. I think he's 7-12 to on threes, but um, he looks pretty good. So uh, moving on to Memphis. Uh, they get the Spurs tonight. It's a pretty big game as far as playoff implications go. Uh, I'll just hand it to you. You can just take it wherever you want to go. All right, let's start with Jared Jackson Jr. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, after that horrendous start to the season, we're talking about a month of fouling out, playing 21 minutes. He's already 35th on the season. Um, the last month, what, what would you guess he is? Eighth. Seventh. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Unreal, man. I got his stats right here. One second. Uh, 20 points. Let's see. Yeah, 20 points, 5.3 rebounds, 1.7 assists, 0.8 steals, 1.8 blocks, and 3.4 triples on 51% from the field. Another cool stat, he's on pace to be the first ever player with 200 triples and 100 blocks in the same season. And he had that awesome three-game stretch where he was the first player to ever have three-plus blocks and three-plus triples. So this is just the new modern big, and he's just going to crush fantasy leagues for the next 10 for the next decade so i'm really excited about him going forward and i saw someone had compared uh him to kevin durant yeah it was like one and a half blocks per game and 2.53s on 62 shooting yeah. uh that that combination was i think only kevin durant um this first year with the warriors in 17 18 something like that yeah um, KD, kd last year with uh two years ago with the warriors and jaron jackson this year is the yeah. first few people to do that yeah. so it's just insane for a 20 year old to do this yeah he's he's balling out uh the and even zach Lowe gave him some love with uh jaron ja- uh, jaron jackson job pick and rolls yeah uh, do you think he's gonna be top 10 good or do you think he's gonna be like top 20 ish good 30 i think good? he's i think he's top 10 good because 
like we were waiting. Okay, so the three point shooting surprised all of us. Yeah. Like I, I was not expecting three point three triples per game in that stretch, but he's he's pulling up from like five feet. He's pulling up the tray shots. Honestly, yeah, he's deep. pulling up five feet behind the line and just sinking them. He has the weirdest shooting motion I've ever seen, <laughs> but it works. Um, but yeah, what we were waiting for was the blocks to come back, and they have three plus blocks in three straight games. So. Um, yeah, I think he's top 10 going forward, and I think he's a first-round pick next year. I said that before the season. I think yep, yep. I was like, JJJ is going to be a first-round pick next year, and boom, first-round value right now. Yeah, he's been hitting threes, uh, shooting 50% from three so far in January. Yeah. And it's been kind of, I think, late December he was shooting 50% too. So I think yeah. he'll cool off just from the threes a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the blocks have been legit. The, the foul rate's been um, – it's kind of ticking up a little bit, but still not enough where you're worried. But, yeah, I think, yeah. He'll, I think he'll be in the 10 to 20 range, which is still awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's just hard to find a combination. Just because blocks are so valuable, but the block, the blocks trending up is the key for sure. Yeah. Um, that's what we were waiting on. So that coming around is just massive. Uh, and he's that doing comes a lot of this with minutes too. Yeah, I was gonna say he's been doing a lot of this with mostly healthy Valachunas. Yeah. So Valachunas gets shut down with a foot injury that's cost him a couple games here and there in the preseason. Um, that could be that could get into the top ten for me. Yeah, and they want to play Brandon Clark more too, which will shift JJ yep. to the five, and they close with that lineup a lot, so that yeah. could be a lot of fun down the stretch. Yep. And then also, John Morant's been really good lately. He shot the ball much, much better, uh, taking care of the ball, shooting some threes more. Um, expectations on him going forward? Um, honestly, if the Grizzlies are serious about making a push for the eighth seed, and I think they're like one game out right now, like we're talking probably third round value if you just punt one category with Ja. Like he's. 23 points, 22 points, 25 points last three games. Like, insane stuff. The assists are there. Uh, the one thing about John Morant that I don't like is the defensive stats have been kind of, like, invisible. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, like, that wasn't the case in college. He had a lot of steals in college. So yeah. maybe we'll see some positive regression there. But, like, talking just even next year alone, like, we're talking about a third-round pick possibly. Oh, like, I mean, he was, third, he was a third-round pick in a lot of drafts this year. So, yeah, uh, I know, which is a little, obviously a little bit, high, but yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. January is at 21 points, eight dimes, five turnovers. Uh, whoops, but um, three turno- uh, three rebounds, 63% from the field, 85% from the line. He's been shooting. Uh, he shot 84% from the line in December too, so he shot the ball great there. But yeah, he looks awesome. Um, awesome shot chart too. He feasts yep, the rim inside. Yeah, takes mostly threes. Yep, cuts yep. down on his mid range shots. You gotta love that transition buckets and everything. So I know you and I want to yep. talk about uh, D'Anthony Melton possibly getting more minutes. It still hasn't happened. Yet. He's been very woodsy uh, with yeah. just not getting playing time. But we think that Jake Crowder's gonna get traded. Um, he's Jake Crowder's been pretty good lately. So we'll see if that would help him out. They've run very little. Not only the three, but it's there. Uh, we've seen Grace. I think Grayson Allen's played more at the three, which kind of doesn't make sense. But yeah, um, yeah I, I still think that Mountain's going to be um, pretty decent. What's wild to me is that there's three players that could be either just moved out of rotation or traded. You got uh, Jay Crowder, obviously, expiring contract. But there's no reason for them to play Grayson Allen. Kyle Anderson's probably the worst fit in that offense. Like, he's had flashes, but the rest of just looks out of place. Uh, they've already removed Marco Goderich out of the rotation. And then Solomon Hill, who for some God knows reason <laughs> plays 20 minutes a game. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, even with 18 minutes per game in the last two weeks, Melton is still ranked 77th. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Like, he's just a stat stuffer. He's got 10 points, 4 rebounds, 1.5 assists, and 1.2 steals in that span with 0.5 blocks. Ridiculous uh percentage is 52 percent and perfect from the line uh he's he's already gaining national attention as zach Lowe wrote a piece about melton like yeah. he's trending up in a hurry man and like if if he played uh, 36 minutes which obviously is not gonna happen for a while like we're talking early round territory here yeah 
I'm with you. Uh, definitely a guy you want to hold on to. Uh, any other pickups that you saw? Dante Exum had an I wrote about him a little bit yesterday. Uh, had the big 28-point game. Terrible timing for his illness. Um, yeah. He played um, six minutes next to both Sexton and Garland, and then 11-ish, 12-ish minutes with each just as a 1-2 combo. Uh, so Kevin Porter Jr., who I was all about, him going down, yeah. pretty much just shift my Kevin Porter Jr. love to Exum. Um, yeah. I, I think that Exum's going to be a guy that I want to pick up uh, if he plays Man. on Saturday. The advanced stats love Exum, and he's 98th percentile pick-and-roll ball handler, and that's what the Cavs have needed. Like, Colin yeah. Sexton does not get the job done. Darius Garland's been poor on the ball. Yeah, like, if Exum has a big game on Saturday, I think you add him. Yep. Uh, I would add him before. Uh, if you yeah, especially maybe. Especially assuming he's over this illness, which is taking freaking forever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I get, my throat's about to go, so I think we're about, it's a good Denver, okay. too. That should be a fun game in altitude, so he knows yeah. that team. Um, yeah. Anything else? Nope. That's all. That's all, all for right. us. So we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your weekend. If you're feeling sick like I am and you were, I hope you guys feel better. Uh, and enjoy your weekend. Thanks for going on, man. Thanks, Ben. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.